Hey everybody, welcome to episode 162 of the Masterclass Podcast. My name is Cam Brennan and I am joined by Dave Hogue. What's up, dude? Hey. You know, I am lately just realizing how fast time goes by. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that, and I'm sure many people don't feel this way with everything that's been going on in 2020, but... I just had the realization today that 2020 is almost halfway over. (laughs) So now granted, we're probably a month and a half away from that truly being true, but I can't believe we're as far into this year as we are mid May. So time goes by fast. It does. And you would think that, you know, like staying at home and having no social life would make it go slower, but this two months has gone by pretty fast for me. All things considered. Yes. Well, and that that was kind of one of the things for me that kind of was a catalyst for this was I dropped my laundry off on March 7th and picked it up today. And it is now May 18th. And for some reason, that little kind of bookend of dropping off and picking up my laundry made me just go... How in the heck did two plus months go by that quickly? Yeah. Two weeks in the, or two months in the nude. That's uh, that's one way to live your life. (laughs) Not quite naked, but you know, slumming it a little. Sans dress shirts. Yes. But I do have mine on now. I see. My colored, my colored shirt. Yes. Collared and checked. Meanwhile, yes, I have my very, very fancy <laughs> gray hoodie on because, well, I, I don't know, Dave. I don't get fancy for you anymore. <laughs> well, I don't get fancy for you either. I just happen to still be wearing what I <laughs> put on this morning. So <laughs> That's probably a good thing. All right. So we are going to start with James 4.4. And go through verse 10. ESV version. Or ESV. That's kind of like ATM machine, right? (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So, ESV. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says, he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and let your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. Man. I know I often refer to the Bible as, you know, God's way of kicking me in the pants or, you know, other places of the body but this one like where where it says towards the end uh 
resist the devil and he will flee from you, draw near to God, uh, and he will draw near to you. It's like, well, I guess that means that when I sin, I'm not really resisting the devil, nor am I drawing near to God. Mm, I'm just no. doing what I want to do because I want to do it. And that is, I don't know, the way that that's written and the way that it's framed, the dichotomy there, right, of mm-hmm. resisting the devil and drawing near to God, it's like it's, it's an extreme on both ends. Yep. And uh, that is particularly convicting to me. Uh, it, you know, and we, we've talked in the past, too, about how perhaps maybe we don't uh, choose to acknowledge the weight of our sin, like the actual weight of it, and the um, the depravity that it is uh, illustrative of. And I just, I find that particular part of this scripture very, I don't know, just it stands out to me, I guess is the way to put it, of like, you know, if you thought about it like this more often, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, just maybe, you would choose different. Because, the, like, resisting the devil and drawing you to God, those are, those are, that's verb, right? That's action. That's, that's doing something. That's showing character. That's, that's taking action. It's not just like, well, just let love flow over you, you know? Or <laughs> l- let life flow over you, what I mean. Like, oh, just whatever, go, go where the wind blows you. But I was like, no, resist the devil, draw near to God. Do this defensive thing, do this offensive thing, take action, stand up for what you believe, be firm, do the right thing. I don't know, that's, that's kind of vibing with my brain tonight, Dave. Mm-hmm. So... I guess one of the things, one of the, what comes to my mind is when it says resist the devil and he will flee from you. So I'm, I'm a little bit like, how often do I have to flee the devil? Because I how many hours are there in the day? Yeah. Well, and so this is my thing. So this is this is this is how I feel. Um, I feel like I resist the devil. I feel like I make an effort, and I feel like I make an effort, like not just many hours, but many days. I feel like I try to make an effort to not allow the devil to have an influence over me. I feel like I try to flee the devil, or I try to resist the devil. I don't feel like he flees from me. <laughs> like, I feel like, I, like, in, in, in just being candid and honest in this of just like, I feel like I make an effort like multiple days of trying to resist the devil, not to do the things that I want to do, not to give into temptation. And then it's like, immediately it's still right there. And I guess all I'm saying is, is I just don't feel like he flees from me. <laughs> I feel like he he hangs around and I'm not sure how long I need to flee from him. And I and I get that that's probably not uh the appropriate uh perspective in terms of quanti- you know, trying to qualify it, quantify it in terms of hours or days. 70 times 7, right? Yeah, like, you know, I've there's 7 days in a week. 
I fleed from the devil for five or six days. Do I not get a break on day seven? Like, you know. Yeah, he doesn't take a Sabbath, Dave. That's, that's where he gets you. Yeah. So if I just sum up what I'm saying is, is um, I don't feel like the devil ever flees from me. That's how I feel. That's fair. <laughs> and I, I genuinely believe that I try to draw near to God, but don't always feel like when I draw near to him that, and I'm not going to say he doesn't draw near to me because I do, I, that I do feel. I do feel like I try to draw near to God and I do feel like he draws near to me. But that whole devil fleeing from me thing, that's just, yeah. I don't get that vibe. Um, so I, I wonder, too, how much of, like, feeling, I'm not trying to project here, I'm just trying to ask questions. Uh, how much of that is fleeing from the devil and then still there, but how much of that is just, us looking here and seeing ourselves. Sure. Yep. I don't know. I when when I feel like the devil's always just like, "Hey, buddy, what you doing? Want to hang out? Want to <laughs> play a game? Can I come over?" Um, like how much of that is just me, like self sabotaging in a way. I don't know. If I had the answers, Dave, I suppose I wouldn't do it, right? <laughs> well, and that's the thing is, like, I'm not, I certainly self-sabotage, and I certainly am not the best at sin. Um, I just, there, there truly is that element for me of just like, I feel like I'm trying to resist him. I feel like I'm trying to, you know, and even as as those words are coming out of my mouth, I, I get that I am dependent on the Holy Spirit and that I myself, I really cannot resist him. I mean, I just can't do it. I guess I just wish that when I turn around in those moments of vulnerability, um, in those moments of opportunity, I just, man, it just seems like he's always there or my my sinful nature is always there. So, oh, he is an opportunist, right? <laughs> Certainly. All I'm asking for is for him to flee once in a while. Yeah, go back. I know that's else. probably not. Probably, I probably have no ground to stand on to ask him to flee, but or ask God to make him flee. Well, I mean, it does say right here: resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Mm-hmm. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. But it also says, submit yourselves to God, cleanse your hands, purify your hearts. So, like, I, I think perhaps, like, is in other locations in Scripture, like, we can focus on that one part that says, resist the devil and he will flee from you and ignore all the surrounding stuff. Oh, like, sure. Ask and you shall receive. Oh, okay, God, give me a Porsche, give me money, give me good health, right? (laughs) Well, how about we read the rest of that passage, right? And so I just, I think, I think part of it is that is a small portion of what James is getting at here, right? Which is, 
this overhaul of ourselves, right? Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Like, you need to get to that point. We need to get to that point where the realization is there's nothing I can, like, and this, this all sounds so trite and like nice tied up in a neat little bow, which I realize is, is not how, how life works. Right. But like we, we've talked about this in, in a number of times, like we kind of have it really good as far as the world is concerned. Right. Mm-hmm. We're both oh, yeah. white dudes. Oh, yeah. We're both educated. We both have good jobs. We make good money. Like from a worldly perspective, there's, We've got it pretty good. And with that, I think, can come, and we've talked about this a lot before too, so I'm not, I'm not reinventing the wheel here, but like just this contentment in what we can provide ourselves and the control that that can have. And this gets back to my comment earlier about, about not necessarily acknowledging the weight of my sin. Like, do I really understand what God did for me what it took for him to do it for me, why I needed him to do it for me. And then do I have that realization every single day or am I just kind of living life in this really nice bubble, you know, mm-hmm. most yeah. days um, where, you know, I can enjoy the status that I have. And I think honestly, like that's, that's one of the ways I think for me that, the devil really gets to me. It's like, oh, you're good. You've got what you need. Like, you don't need to rely on other people. You don't. You certainly don't need to rely on God for stuff. Why? You know, just enjoy what you have. You know, and I don't. Know, that's that's one of my struggles. Is the complacency with which my circumstances right now can engender in my everyday life. It's like, mm-hmm. why, why try? Why resist? Why draw near? Why not just enjoy things? I like enjoying things, Dave. It feels good. Sure. Well, and, and, and I, think we're, I think we're created to enjoy things. I think that's God's design. I don't, I don't think he intends us to be miserable or unhappy. It's just... For me personally, the things that I choose so often are not what he would have for me. Yeah. Same. So I've I've uh so recently I've been reading in the book of Exodus and Moses and Aaron and I you know, even in that as I as I read that and and specifically I think it's Exodus twenty three. Not 100% on that, but Moses is up on the mountain. Aaron's down with the, the Jewish people. And I, I don't know what the time frame is in terms of how long Moses has been up on the mountain. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they create this golden calf to worship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it couldn't have been a few hours, right? Yeah, it, it certainly was not. It was sure. Yeah, it was not a few hours. <laughs> well, he's been gone for 15 minutes. Get out the smelting kit, kids. We're going to build a yeah. cow. <laughs> You know what? Here's the thing. Even if he's been up there for a year or two, which I don't even, I don't think it's that long. 
you know, I, I hear the story and I hear, to me, it just seems absurd. It just seems like, <laughs> you know, you got to build this golden calf. You got to, and, and it's Aaron. I mean, <laughs> we're not talking some schmutz here. I mean, this is like, yeah, you know, it's, it's Moses' brother. It's the, you know, and so I, I don't know. I, I, that story this morning to me, Uh, twofold, just how stupid we are as human beings, as, as created beings, um, how sinful we are. You know, we talk about instant gratification in the 21st century, and I, I have to think to some degree, you know, with Aaron and the Golden Cap, there was some instant gratification going on there of, okay, Moses has been gone long enough. We're going <laughs> to take things into our own hands. Yeah, so my my point in this is just, you know, it talks about how mad God gets, how upset he is, how upset Moses is, and uh, there's certainly consequences for that, and there's certainly, um, God is righteous, God is, you know, God is awesome, he is holy. Even, even, even just in all of that, uh, the word that's coming to my mind is shenanigans. Even in all of that, uh, there's just an element of God's grace and God's provision and his desire uh, to be close to his people. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't know. Uh, my point being in all of this is, is God is a good God. Right, and I honestly, I think that's like, a super professional segue right into what we just read. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says, he being God yearns jealously over the spirit that he made to dwell in us, but he gives more grace. Mm-hmm. Like God is, God is jealous over his creation, right? Like he wants his creation to know him. He wants to know his creation, he wants his creation to serve its purpose, which is to glorify him. Right. And in mm-hmm. order to see, he, like, he wants that so badly and his goodness is so strong that he's willing to pour out grace and grace and grace and grace, even to the point of Jesus dying on a cross so that finally he could fix what we made wrong. Mm-hmm. Like that's incredibly powerful. Yeah. Is, 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 is we're in this. It just seems to exemplify the human condition, our sinful our sinful nature, God's holy nature, his desire for um, accountability, I guess is the word I'll go with, but yet his love for us and his grace for us. And, you know, time again, when we talk about this, I'm just, I'm just truly amazed at how um, consistent God really is. And I think people would argue that he's not, but uh, if you read the Bible from beginning to end, he certainly is. He is certainly, he's certainly a God of grace. So I'm grateful for that. <laughs> There's a song that's been stuck in my head for like the last week called Your Love Never Fails. Mm-hmm. It's like a decade or so old. 
really, really good. I, although I don't necessarily agree with the bridge of the song. <laughs> the bridge okay. is, yes. you work <laughs> all things, or uh, you make all things work together for my good, the bridge. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, yes. you make all things yeah. work together for your good. Your good, yes. Yes, that is true. <laughs> my good, not necessarily. Um, but the rest of the song is rock solid. So I've been trying to figure out what the bridge should be. Like, what can I pull in from a different song that's a little more accurate that would make for a killer bridge in that song? But I'll link to it in the show notes nonetheless because I think it's... Uh, musically, it's very representative of last decade. Do you think... I think it came out in like 2007, 2008. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, white guy, Christian Rock. <laughs> um, but still, chorus and verses are catchy bridge not so much yes i'm even gonna put that in the show notes don't like the bridge (laughs) recently at the old dinner table and i include my my nuclear family and the spouses of my nuclear family we've had some good discussions about things that are just going on in the world that I won't go into much detail about because uh, there's enough crap going on. But one of my daughters genuinely broke down in tears over things that are going on in the world and was just very upset that things are the way they are. And to give some context, it really had nothing to do with the whole quarantine and. <laughs> coronavirus and all that kind of stuff. It was a much larger concept where she broke down over tears and she actually said she was disgusted by X, Y, and Z. And and I don't think you need to know the details of that, but it just occurred to me that when she came to that point of tears and I'm, and I'm looking at, Verse 9 here where it said, says, be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and and your joy to gloom. That she really did have that moment of her heart just being broken Mm -hmm. over this particular incident, this particular condition, this, this just sort of display in our world today, and I don't want to get too preachy here, but I think all of us at some point in our Christian journey, if we're seeking him and we're desiring him, our heart should be broken over what we see. And 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 I mean that as an act of like the Holy Spirit in terms of just breaking our heart and I think as you look at scripture and you look at who Jesus was and the things that he cried over, his heart was certainly broken over things that he saw, over things that he experienced. And yeah, I just, I I just, um, like I said, I don't want to be too preachy, but I think it's good to, um, I think a, a prayer of God Allow me to see the world the way you see the world. Break my heart over the things that break your heart. 
is certainly something that um, we should all desire, that we should all seek. And I don't even want to say it's something that we should be in a constant state of. But, you know, if you've ever wondered about your faith, if you've ever wondered about your walk, and you've had those moments where your heart has been broken over what you see, what you've experienced, over just that sense of things are not the way they should be, um, that brokenness, those tears are certainly things that indicate that you're in line with, with God's spirit of, you know, we've said many times, you're not going to get it right. We're not going to be perfect. We're not going to always fly straight. Um, and it's probably not every day, every week, but there is certainly that aspect of our heart should be broken uh, tears should be shed at some point during our journey over what we see. And, and I do think that's something that, that uh, comes from the Holy Spirit and not um, just from our own doing, our own, uh, our own efforts. So, And then even as I look at, at verse 10 here, it says, Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you and... I guess my, my, my initial just thought is, is that our motivation should not be an if-then. If you humble yourself, then God will exalt you. That humbling yourself before the Lord should be a natural place that he then can exalt you. It should not be a, I'm humbling myself so that uh, well, God you know, can exalt me. <laughs> God, is, God is really good at understanding our motivations. <laughs> and he would see that uh that, that I don't know, is very true a couple light years away so sure i think that's a great place to end cool i appreciate your uh your willingness to let us in there a little bit on something going on family thank you yeah i feel like i rambled a little bit but yeah it's it's been a it's been a tough week to be honest it's been a tough couple weeks since we last recorded uh, for me and my, my people, the people that I surround myself with on a regular basis. Yes. Progeny. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, this has been episode 162 of the masterclass. Uh, show notes are in your podcast app. You can also go to supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash 162 to get all the links. And in there, there's ways to get in touch and leave reviews on iTunes and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, I guess we'll be back next time. Be good. Stay safe. Bye. Bye.